Life Audio. Hey friends, Heather Creekmore here. Today's episode is going to be a steamy one. Are you ready for this? We're talking about why do you want to look better naked? Ah! And how does that align with scripture's teaching from Genesis 2 about how Adam and Eve were naked in the garden and unashamed. It feels like that's something most of us desire. What would it be like to be naked and unashamed? Is that even possible? And certainly if it's possible, doesn't that require like some surgery and maybe some weight loss and maybe fixing and tucking and I don't even know what all that would require, right? But it sounds kind of daunting. That's where we're going today. I'm glad you're here. We're, we're going to dig into it. And I think you're going to be surprised <laughs> at where we land. Well, today's show is sponsored by Classical Conversations. We have been using Classical Conversations as a family for 10 years now, and I can't say enough good things about it. Are you looking to give your child a well-rounded education while also ensuring positive socialization opportunities? and their abilities to succeed in life, well, consider joining a Classical Conversations community. Then you get to homeschool alongside other local families. Each community is led by a trained, licensed director, and families learn through Classical Conversations' proven Christ-centered curriculum together in a community. There's locations all over the country and in 50 countries worldwide. There is bound to be a community near you. To find a community today, visit classicalconversations.com backslash Compared to who? That's classicalconversations.com backslash compared to who. Now let's get to today's show. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel His love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of Scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Well, hey friend, I'm so glad you're here listening to the show today. Before we jump in to our big topic, I want to let you know that my book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest is on sale on Kindle right now for just 99 cents. That's as close to free as they can make it now, inflation. Um, but go grab a copy of that or tell your friends if you've read it. Tell your friends it's on sale just through Mother's Day. So if you're listening to this when it's released, you have like another 10 days or so, but go snag a copy of that now. Well, today we're talking about naked and unashamed. Yikes. Okay. I'll be honest with you. This is a topic I may have avoided in part because it's something I'm still working through. But as I think about the women I coach and myself and my own story of body image issues, I know for sure 
that our body image issues seep into all of our relationships and especially into our marriage relationships for those of you that are married and what happens in the bedroom. And let me just say right off the bat, even if you're not married, I think there's something in this episode for you too today, because it's not just about our beliefs and what happens in the marriage bedroom. It's bigger than that. So you don't have to turn this one off, my single friends. There may be something here for you too. But I've heard this verse, Genesis 2.25 is what I'm talking about when I say these words naked and unashamed. And I've heard this verse taught on a lot in the realm of marriage, how we should be in the bedroom with our spouses. But today I kind of want to start off by asking the question, like, do you even believe that's possible? Like, it sounds like a bit of a pipe dream. (laughs) It's pretty much a big stretch. And so today, I want to make three observations from this passage, not necessarily to bridge the gap and convince you that it's not a stretch. It is, right? This, This happened in Eden. But to talk about how we can get our hearts and our minds straight around this passage, what it means, and how it can offer us some encouragement in our body image issues. So let's start by reading the passage. And I'm reading from Genesis 2, and I'll start with verse 22 all the way through 25. This is the New International Version. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of the man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Okay, so my first observation is this. Y'all, it was easy for Adam and Eve to be naked and unashamed. Okay, this was not hard for them. They were sinless. They were unbroken. They were new to this world. But they had no evil, no jealousy, no deception, no insecurity. And they were quite literally made for each other. Like, that's not a cliche. Like, we use it now. Like, They were literally made for each other. There was no temptation for them to doubt whether or not they were right for each other. Beyond all that, God fully provided everything they needed there in the garden. They didn't need anything aside from what he provided. And that meant they didn't even need clothing. And they didn't have shame because they were innocent. They were pure. And this is the ideal, right? This is the perfect picture of what marriage should be like. Yet here in our sinful fallen world, I don't know, there's so many other ideas that overcomplicate things. I just want you to hear today. It was easy for them. It is not easy for us. 
So first of all, there's these messages from culture and they tell us that if we want to have a better relationship or if you want to get married in the first place, you have to look a certain way. You have to be, and I'm using this word in quotations, you have to be hot or else your relationship will be a dud. Culture teaches us that it's impossible to have good sex without having a great body. And by that, of course, I mean a body that looks like it meets culture's standards of beauty, size, and shape. So friend, we have this pressure. First, we have the pressure that just comes from our world being broken. But then we have these added messages of culture that are teaching us in many ways, consciously and subconsciously, that the only way to show up in the bedroom is looking hot. And if you have some extra pounds or a little pooch, you better hide. But friend, this is not what sex is all about. Sex is according to culture, about two hot bodies lusting after each other. And that's not how God designed it. Honestly, if this definition and understanding of sex (laughs) was a good one, like one that really worked, then wouldn't Hollywood be the mecca of great relationships and marriages? And yet it's far from it right? Because as Hollywood shows us, the quote unquote best bodies in our land have a really difficult time staying in committed relationships, yet alone getting or staying married, right? So we have to reject this message from culture that that's what sex is, two hot bodies lusting after each other. And so that's observation number one. If you're a believer and follower of Jesus, you have to reject the message of culture that tells you your physical appearance will determine how well your sex life goes. It's a blatant lie. Sex is about intimacy between a husband and a wife. And the foundation for good sex is built on everything else in the relationship, not how your body looks. Sex is the act of loving each other well in every area of life, but then coming together and demonstrating this love to each other. And it's that love, that committed, genuine love that makes sex beautiful, not lust. And we're going to explore this more right after this quick message. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
And, and this gets so confusing in our culture. Like, I think we know that it's better to be loved than lusted after. But let me be honest, friend, like those of us with body image issues, I think we struggle with this. We kind of believe that if someone lusted after us, it would make us feel better about our bodies. If he would just want me for my body, then I could know my body is good enough. But even if you find it, it doesn't solve it. In fact, I think what often happens is then you've got this increased insecurity about this reality that you have a man who wants you for your body. And now you've got to try to keep that body as you age or have children. It feels very shallow, sad, and hollow to only be wanted for your body. Truth is you're being objectified. And you feel that rather than feeling genuine love, feeling what it's like to be truly seen and known. So takeaway one, let's stop believing that a quality sex life is something that we can only attain when we get a better body or when our husbands go blind. <laughs> I'll confess, I'm much more comfortable now than I was when I first got married 18 years ago. But body-wise, back then, of course, I was younger, I was thinner. Technically, I probably had a lot more reasons to be body confident back then than I have now. And I know some of you have experienced this too. You've learned over time that thinking about yourself and what he thinks of you during sex is an obstacle to actually being in the moment and enjoying it. When I coach women in this area of their body image struggles, I encourage them to go into the bedroom, trying not to think about themselves and how they look and try to completely focus on how we use our bodies to love our husbands. And you know, it's funny, like, I think we fear, like the reason why we feel physically insecure is we fear that we're going to be a disappointment to him, that he's going to see us and he's going to be disappointed in how we look and he's going to be let down. But I believe any woman that's going into sex saying, I'm just here to use my body to physically love you is <laughs> never going to be a disappointment to a man who's healthy and committed to the relationship. Now, hear me, I'm not saying that sex is just for the man, that you shouldn't get anything out of it, that you're just there to serve him. I'm not saying that at all. But for those of us with body image issues, I think this is our first step to enjoyment, right? Like we can't relax and feel pleasure if we are obsessing over our bodies and what he thinks of them. So try this as step one. Try to learn how to show up without feeling overly self-conscious about every inch of your body. And then you can do the further work towards more enjoyment. Observation number two. Okay, naked and unashamed in the Bible is only used in the context of the Garden of Eden, the only perfect world that's ever existed, but it's also only in the context of marriage. And I feel like we often take this sentiment as an aspiration of what we should be like everywhere, as if being naked and unashamed were a 
status we could reach when we get our bodies to a certain place. Now, culture teaches us that you can't be naked and unashamed. No matter what your body looks like, you just have to have enough body pride. That's why I'm not a big fan of the body positivity movement, because I think most of it is about falling in love with your own body and mustering up enough body pride to just put it all out there and flaunt it while kind of giving the middle finger to anyone who questions whether or not you're actually good enough. I don't think body pride draws us closer to people, though. Pride always separates us from God. He opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. It's difficult to be in a deep and authentic relationship and really connect with someone who has a pride problem. So if pride is not the answer, then how can we be naked and unashamed always? The short answer is we can't. We don't live in Eden. And that shouldn't be the goal. The only place we should be safe in our nakedness is in the bedroom, in the context of marriage and marital sex. Any extramarital or premarital sex may always cause us shame because it's outside of God's protective design. There's no security or safety in other relationships to show up naked. And when or if we do, we can feel the consequences of that. I think many times girls, women who struggle with body image issues get into sexual relationships outside of marriage because they want to prove that their bodies are good enough and they want to feel wanted physically. I understand this. I've been there. And so please hear no condemnation. I'm just talking about this to help us all gain understanding. But the reality is that God didn't design it that way. He didn't design us to be naked and unashamed everywhere at every place. And anything outside of his design will hurt us. The rejection that comes after you've given yourself to someone sexually who is not your husband hurts far worse than any other kind of rejection. And if this has been part of your body image journey, please, again, only hear grace and compassion. But also let me encourage you with the truth. The next guy won't solve it any more than the last guy did. Protect your heart and protect your body by saving it only for a man who is willing to commit to you alone. You see, our shame is about our own awareness of our rebellion against God. It's our sinful state that we inherently feel. We want to hide our true selves because of fear. We're afraid of what others will think of us. What will they think when they know how broken I really am? Now, let me kind of loop back and address another distortion of naked and unashamed that I alluded to a few minutes ago. As I was thinking about this verse, I was thinking about how often I've bought the lie that a certain body could allow me, if I chose so, to be naked and unashamed everywhere. Now, not literally, of course. I have no desire to be naked anywhere, candidly. I'm very happy our culture advocates for being clothed most of the time. But I think that there's a secret desire, which maybe isn't so secret if I'm sharing it with you, but I think there's this desire that I should want to look good naked for 
everyone, not that they'll see me naked, but that they'll see me in swimwear or clothing and that I could feel unashamed in front of them in my swimsuit because I've reached some sort of naked and unashamed status. But friend, that's not what naked and unashamed is for. We're not supposed to be naked and unashamed for the glory of us. It's for the glory of God in the beauty and context of our marriages. And if I'm honest, my desire to want to look good in a swimsuit isn't about wanting the beauty of intimacy in my marriage bed. It's more about selfish ambition. I want to look good. So you'll think well of me. It's for the glory of me. So yesterday I sold something on Facebook Marketplace to a young man who was probably in his late 20s. And I always stalk the profile of the people who buy stuff from me just so I can kind of figure out, like, do I want to give this person my address? (laughs) That sort of thing. Y'all, I clicked on his profile and I was startled by the pictures in his friends list. Like I literally was trying to make sure that this was a real profile and I hadn't been absorbed into some pornographer's fake page. It was all women and every woman had taken a selfie of herself. So these are their profile pictures. Most of them were wearing next to nothing, posing like porn stars, angling in such a way so that you could tell maybe they didn't have anything on, but you couldn't see all the parts in a way that was clear enough to make Facebook, you know, block it. And it was jarring, not because I'm a prude, but because all of these young women were trying to show themselves as naked and unashamed. In truth, they were trying to sell their bodies. They were marketing their bodies like commodities. And like I said before, there's no protection or safety for them in this. How dangerous is this for their hearts and for their bodies to be out there like that? And if I had access to see it, that means pretty much everyone else does. And I think we see people on Instagram or in the media who are showing us pictures of themselves as naked as is legally possible. And we can tend to do one of two things. We can believe that they really are naked and unashamed, that they feel no shame, and that perhaps if we looked like them, we'd also feel no shame. But that's just not reality. Instead, I'd propose that they feel a ton of shame. They're just trying to cover it the world's way with pride. And the world believes if I have enough pride, maybe I won't feel the shame. Yet the shame lingers. It's just stuffed down really deep. And so maybe what we need to do when we see those pictures instead is to remember the truth that Jesus is the only cure for our sin and our shame. He's the only one who promises to cover our shame. Sin came into the garden. Sin separated us from God. And that's what brought on the shame. And now the only cure for it is not to get a better body. right? The only cure for our shame, the only thing that can reconnect us to God again, so that someday we can live in that perfect Eden or in heaven with him is Jesus. There is no body size or shape you can achieve that will take away your shame. Do I need to say that again? There's no body size or shape you can achieve that will take away your shame. 
So friend, my encouragement to you is to stop believing culture's lie that shame disappears when you're thinner or fitter or have all the parts. It does not. Naked and unashamed is not about getting a better body. It's about knowing who truly covers your shame. Finally, my last observation is this. Naked and unashamed may not be the reality for your marriage at this time, but that's not about your body. I don't want you to hear today's show and then be frustrated because you go into the bedroom tonight and you still feel all the same insecurities and like, oh, it didn't fix it. Listen, to be naked and unashamed with your husband takes an investment of time and trust. And trusting each other in this fallen, sinful world is not easy. There may be a history of pornography use for one or both of you. There may be past sexual partners. There may be a history of abuse. There are so many external reasons that complicate our marriage relationships. So do not despair. Healing takes time. And don't be afraid of getting counseling. My husband and I spent almost a decade in counseling on and off. I highly recommend it. But I talked to lots of women who believe that improving their sex life in marriage is about getting a better body. And they spend years, maybe decades even, focusing on how to improve their bodies, maybe even saving for surgeries, sure that when they like get a bigger chest or less flab, then sex will be better. And yet it doesn't work. Now, of course, there are ways we can neglect our bodies that may make sex uncomfortable. We do have a part to play in taking care of our bodies, but I've watched way too many women believe that when they lost weight, their marriages and sex lives would instantly improve and it backfires. In fact, I've seen some go on to have affairs because they lost their weight. The marriage didn't get better. They felt less connected than ever before. And I would say that loss of connection was in large part about how much time they had to spend focusing on themselves, trying to improve their bodies. Because some of y'all know, most of y'all know, when you're dieting or exercising or on a plan, you have to have some great level of self-focus in order to make it work. And in that, they become less connected to their partners. Their partners sense that they're focused on themselves. And then someone else shows up on the scene, right? Isn't that the way the enemy works? Brings in someone else to tempt them. Someone else comes and notices their bodies. And these dear women are lured away because it feels so good to be noticed and they haven't been connected to their partner. It happens for men too, the exact same way. But friends, good sex is about connection and intimacy, which I once heard someone define intimacy as in to me see. Are you really seeing each other? Are you hearing each other? Are you connected emotionally? That's the foundation for better sex. When you feel accepted on these other deeper levels, you will feel freer physically. Yes, you're still going to have to get out of your own head. (laughs) You're still going to have to choose to focus on loving your husband well or feeling and receiving his love rather than focusing on what your stomach looks like. But friends, that's the ticket to freedom. Just like in every other area of body image that we talk about here on the show, the freedom is in self-forgetfulness. It doesn't mean self-neglect. It means I'm so focused on using and caring for my body for the glory of God. 
God, instead of for the glory of me, that I don't get obsessed over what others think or even what I think about myself. I'm free to just live and serve and love. Well, I hope this show has been an encouragement to you today. If it has, hey, your five-star reviews help other people find this show. You know so many women need this message. So drop a review for the show or hey, if something's touched you personally, drop me a note, Heather at ComparedToWho.me. And friend, if this has stirred up some stuff for you, like if you're like, oh, yikes, she went to a place I did not want to go. (laughs) I'd rather not touch this. This hurts. If some stuff is swirling and you need someone to talk to, reach out. I'm taking a few more coaching clients this month, and I'd be happy to help you work through this aspect of your body image issues so that you can enjoy more freedom, peace, and pleasure in your marriage. Well, thanks for listening. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. The Compared to Show is excited to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network for great Christian podcasts on all the topics you care about, including marriage and sex. (laughs) Go to lifeaudio.com. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.